0: The heart of art, scoping the Brussels Valley for the best artists and bringing them to your radio. Ladies and gentlemen, your host, Hector Nino. Hello, good evening everyone and welcome back to the KME Studios. My name is Hector Nino and you're listening to The Heart of Art. Alright, so for our first art announcement today we have uh, the Art Fest being hosted by the MSC Visual Arts Committee and this is an annual student art competition that is held and is being on display right now in the James R. Reynolds Student Art Gallery. It is Is going to end this Saturday, April 16th, so this will be your last week to be able to see all these amazing creations that have been made by students uh, from Texas A&M. The display consists of paintings, animated films, and sculptures, so uh, if you are looking for a diverse show, make sure to go and check this out. Um, For our second art announcement, we have a Stage Center Theater that is presenting The Turn of the Screw. Um, This is a play that is set in a manor in England, and um, a governess begins seeing the images of the deceased former governess and caretaker of the manor, Uh, so she decides to investigate. So it's a very um, thrilling play, and this play will begin uh, presenting tomorrow, uh, April 14th, and they have showing at 7.30 p.m. And I believe they have a uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday at 7.30, and then a Sunday maintenance at 2 p.m. Um, so you have plenty of opportunities to catch this show. And it will also be ending uh, April 30th. So you have uh, plenty of other weeks to go and check it out. If you would like to get some tickets, make sure to go to stagecenter.net slash tickets to get your own. Um all right, and now for our guest for today. We will be talking to Dr. Mary Kinniger, who uh, maybe some of you might know her, and she is the executive director of the Brazos Valley Symphony Orchestra. She is an Austin native and uh, clarinet enthusiast, uh, and we have a great conversation about what music means to her. So I hope you enjoy. <music> Hello, good evening, everyone, and welcome back to the KME Studios. My name is Hector Nino, and you're listening to The Heart of Art. Today, we have a very special guest. She is the executive director of the Brazos Valley Symphony Orchestra since 2010. Her name is Dr. Mary Kinniger, and she is here with us today. Hello, good evening, and how are you today? Just fine. Thank you, Hector awesome i mean becoming the executive director of the bvso must have been a a very big feat Uh, but before we get there i'd like to go a little bit into your background and in your personal story um so what is your hometown and how did you end up in the brazos valley (laughs) well my hometown is
1: austin texas and uh it's a long story about how we ended up back in college station texas so uh, my husband and i uh we were two careers in the family. So for a while we'd follow my career and then the other would say, hey, "I'd like to follow mine for a while and so we'd make changes and uh, follow the different careers and then finally uh, one day when we were um, back from work my husband said I want to go back to Texas and so <laughs> he said would you like to come? <laughs> I said I certainly would thank you very much. So my husband and I moved to College Station and uh, he was here uh, with a job and I was I was here with uh, just going to enjoy myself for a while, and he came home from his job, and he said, um, uh, they're looking over the symphony for someone with a uh, music background and a strong administrative background. I went, yeah, that's me. Mm-hmm. So I I think a couple of days later, I applied, and I uh, uh, got an interview, and uh, I was very lucky that they, they chose me to do it.
0: Awesome. I love how you and your husband are kind of like handing each other the baton re- regarding your career. That's <laughs> exactly that's pretty nice. Um, so I know you have a um, very large education in music, uh, but I wanted to ask you what your instrument of choice was. It was
1: clarinet. And
0: clarinet. Okay, was that the first one you played? or
1: That was the first one. I was in sixth grade. That's what I picked out, and that's what I played.
0: Awesome. And did you play it all throughout? Like uh, primary school?
1: Um, I played, I started in sixth grade, as, mm-hmm. as most kiddos in Texas do. And uh, I went through all the way
0: to a master's in clarinet performance. All right. <laughs> so I played for a while. Yeah, you can so tell you, you loved it very much, right? Um, and I see you have a master's in applied music and a doctorate in education, right? That's correct. Mm hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's very evident that you loved music from the very beginning. Um, I was wondering what kind of uh, management work you had done prior to being here in the Brassos Valley.
1: Oh, my goodness. Uh, I've had so many uh, wonderful opportunities. Uh, I've been a, a director of bands. Uh, when uh, um, I first got out of school in Colorado, um, I've certainly had the opportunity to, uh, went to was at Odessa College. That was another thing where my husband got a job in the area, and they had a job open for a— um person to do student activities so i started there and i worked my way up at Odessa college i finished out as their dean of uh, arts and excuse me the liberal arts as well as the fine arts and uh, we started one of the first distance education programs in the state as well so i was dean there for several years and uh, then we had another opportunity to make a move and off we went and, and the the one i went to my husband got was for his job so I had uh, once again planned to, you know, just eat jelly beans and stuff for a while and then go find a job. Um, there was an opportunity at uh, one of the pharmaceutical facilities. And I thought, why are they inviting me to come down here? I don't know anything about making drugs. and things. <laughs> so they said, well, we need someone uh, to do the training for us. And uh, they you know, said, well, since you have a doctorate, you know, in <laughs> educational administration and you've done training all your life, uh, we thought you'd be a good fit. And so I I started there and uh, thoroughly enjoyed the job and had a lot of fun and learned a lot of things and uh, uh, just had a great time. And then uh, that was when my husband came home one day from his job. He said, well, you ready to go back to Texas? Yes, thank you. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> so. Awesome, awesome. It seems like you've been all over the U.S. almost. Um, so, you know, going into your education and the fact that you studied so much music, apart from education as well. Um, I was wondering why you decided that music was what you were going to dedicate your life to.
1: Hmm. Well, first of all, it, it was a lot of fun. Um, I was thinking about some of my teachers, and there was one particular... Vic Williams, I'll never forget. him. He was my junior high teacher, seventh and eighth grade. And I cried when they split the schools to a new and I had to go to the new and I'd leave behind Mr. Williams. I'm still upset about that. No. But um, he just really inspired me. And uh, uh, I learned that you, you know, you got to do a lot of practicing. If you practice, you will get better. There's I often say there's nothing like just talent. Uh, It's mostly hard, hard work. So they go, well, I don't have the talent. Well, no, you need to work harder. That's what you need to do. And then then you'll have the talent. And um, uh, so that was pretty much uh, that start did it for me. And then um, I had a wonderful time when I, I, I got a small scholarship to go to UT Austin. And that's where I got my bachelor's in music and then my master's in music as well. And uh, it was just, you know, a wonderful time. I, I think I had the time of my life when I was there. Just uh, I was in Longhorn Band as well as other symphonic bands and um, just had a great time. And that was when I really turned the corner from being an okay clarinetist to, at that point, one that I was very proud to be. And uh, uh, the teachers I met along the way that, you know, helped you grow and taught you so much and that you remember with incredible fondness, Um, I think that was, that was part of why I enjoyed doing clarinet so much. And um, I wish I had continued doing it, but I enjoyed being a dean. I enjoyed being able to do things that uh, uh, allowed me to expand even beyond music. And that was uh, pretty much the story on that.
0: And you're still doing that to this day, going even beyond music, right? <laughs> Absolutely true. But
1: kind, of, I am back in on music, too. Uh-huh, and right. so all that background uh, comes in very, very handy because, uh, you know, I know exactly what they're doing. I know exactly what they're thinking. I know exactly what they need. So I, I can, um, with that, that background, I think it's uh, so critical. But also having the administrative background to know how to, you know, do grants well, how to you know, create cohesive groups, um, all that's critical. Uh, you, if you lack even one spot in there, you won't be able to accomplish as much as you would wish to. So um, there's still a lot more I want to accomplish, but uh, I think my background's given me a good chance to, to be successful.
0: Right. I like that ambition. Um, I was wondering... If you had picked up any other instruments along your journey, because I know clarinet is a big one, um, are there any that you kind of learn by default? Absolutely not. <laughs> no. No. Clarinet
1: all the way. Clarinet all the way. Okay. Awesome. No. <laughs> I even I, always, I had to play piano and I had to learn piano, uh, you know, you had to take class piano to get your degree. Mm-hmm. And uh, between my, jun- my senior and year, when I started into college, I took some piano lessons and um, I'm pre- pretty sure you had to go for four semesters and I'm pretty sure that they just passed me to get rid of me because oh. I was the worst pianist that no. ever, ever graduated from UT no. uh, or possibly any you know college in the world. And um, so I was so very thrilled uh, that... I got out of that and then was able to go to my love, which was uh, clarinet. And that was what I wanted to do. I didn't care about anything else. I just wanted to play clarinet. So that was um, some of the experiences. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, hey, at least they passed you.
1: (laughs) I'll tell you, there was, I'm sure, a party that night. All of the instructors that just were so happy that I was gone from class piano Uh lessons. (laughs)
0: Um, I was wondering... You know, you have a successful um, work life as well as an artistic life. How do you balance the two? Your artistic life, like you said, you know, practicing is really important, um, but you also have a great career. So how do you balance the two?
1: Um, wow. I don't balance. It's all work. Mm-hmm. Um, I tend to um, be a workaholic. Uh, I usually get up and at work, you know, by sometimes 5 or 6 in the morning. And then, you know, I don't stop that night till. Maybe one or two in the at night, but that's you know it's what the bit the job takes to be uh, bring the things to the table that everyone needs, and um, you know it was um,
0: yep that's pretty much what it is <laughs> it's Just that grinding the whole day absolutely yes um, are you currently teaching music
1: oh goodness no, uh, no. when I laid down my clarinet uh, when I became a dean I uh-huh. realized. My clarinet was slipping. My clarinet uh, talents were slipping, mm-hmm. and the other thing I just dis- discovered was I could not live with myself playing at a different level than I once was at. Mm-hmm. I wasn't playing at that top level, and then when I try and pick up the instrument again, you know, to play some little fun thing someplace, you know, somebody advised to you know play here or there, right. um, it just it was so frustrating to me, and so mm-hmm. basically. Uh, my clarinet's uh, just it retired. Right, <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: enjoying that retirement. Mm-hmm. All right, and um, I, I saw that you taught both public school and college level. I was wondering if there was any difference between teaching the two. Wow,
1: a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um, high school level, you're still dealing with people that, uh, on, uh, of course, I was high school band director. You know, Friday night and the whole not, you know, nine yards um they're still finding their way they don't know exactly what they want to do so uh m- music was just you know another uh class that they took right when you got into college it started to get very serious you know we were making uh, lifelong decisions and uh much more serious um had to uh you know decide on something and really uh get the job done to where you uh were able to play or able to do what you need to do and um high school uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it but college was a lot more much more exciting to me because you could really get down to the nuts and bolts of you know whatever you're majoring in and I think that's the biggest difference
0: right much more focused <laughs> people Absolutely in college much more focused yes um and this is kind of like a vague question, and you can interpret it however you'd like. Uh, but what do you think is the goal of music?
1: Hmm. That's an interesting one,
0: Hector. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we like going for the hard ones. You know? uh- yeah,
1: <laughs> definitely. The goal for music for me, mm-hmm. how, I, how I looked at it, was joy, accomplishment, doors opening. Mm -hmm. Um, relationships those were the things that I think of
0: Mm -hmm. awesome Um, and I guess we can segue a little bit into the Brazos Valley Symphony Orchestra I was wondering how old is the orchestra and who was it started by we
1: just uh, this uh, concert coming up on April 24th is our last concert of our 40th anniversary season. Wow. So it was, it was very, very exciting. And uh, we're finishing out with one of our Pops concerts, Abba the Concert. Like I said, it's Sunday, April 24th at 5 p.m. Still have tickets available. And, uh, in fact, um, um, the students, uh, A&M, and also uh, at the pop schools can get their tickets at a discounted price right now. Oh, we awesome. want to make sure the kids are able to get to this concert and afford to come to the concert. And uh, uh, we're going to unveil our new uh, season at our concert and uh, do pre-sales on the, uh, con- the season tickets at that time. And um, we're hopefully we'll uh, uh, sell those things and uh, open up a world of joy for the next year because I do know what's coming up the next year. And you will not want to miss it, but I, I can't divulge what's there, but I can absolutely guarantee you it is one heck of a year coming up.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, top secret, but you will find out <laughs> April 24th, right?
1: April 24th, you will find out.
0: Mm-hmm. And where can people purchase tickets?
1: Uh, picks for ABBA, you can pick, the, excuse me, you can get them at eight four five one two three four, 1234 or the MSC box office. You can go to their website and... Uh, get them from there. So telephone or web, you can do both. Or if you need help, just call our office and uh, 696-6100. And we're glad to help you.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, I encourage everyone to go out and check uh, this event out. Um, I also had a question. How do you recruit talent for the Brussels Valley Symphony Orchestra?
1: Oh, wow. That's that's one of the things that I enjoy the most is mm-hmm. uh, we have such incredible talent. Uh, um, we have um, people who've, uh, you know completed their doctorate that uh, you may have a, a degree in uh, performance. Uh, one just joined us on uh, Frenchhorn, and uh, he's actually has masters, but he's looking at finishing his DMA up at uh, Michigan. But uh, research, uh, various people um, visiting with us. Um, I do a lot of uh, uh, like I said, research, uh, various ones in various parts of Texas, and uh, we've been very lucky to find some incredible people that perform with us. And um, it just it just warms my heart to know that uh, so many people want to come play with us uh, because of our reputation throughout the state.
0: Awesome. And um, what is the mission statement of the Brazos Valley Symphony Orchestra? And what do you all expect that the people can from the community can get from such an experience?
1: Well, the paraphrase is the, the listening to wonderful music and also incredible educational spirit experiences. And mm-hmm. um, we hope that uh, people that come to our concerts, that it's a time you can sit back and personally to be able to to go to a very incredibly important place in your mind where, you're just getting the joy of that music, the tempo of that music, the, the lines of the music, and it just makes you feel wonderful. And for our, you, you know, we have a very robust children's program. Uh, we do children's concerts. Kids come from all over Brazos uh, Valley and we get calls from outside, can we come? Well, sure, come on. <laughs> we, got, we got seats, come on over. So we'll have some buses arrive from outside the Brazos Valley and we got plenty of room for everybody. Uh, Youth Concerto Competition starting this year. We're going to be giving a $1,000 scholarship to the winner. Uh, Once they decide to go to college, that $1,000 will be sent there, and then they'll have that $1,000 toward their education. And uh, uh, just there's something for everyone. And so just, you know, the joy, the learning, all those are so important, so incredibly important.
0: Right. And if someone from the community is looking to get involved with the BVSO, say through volunteering opportunities, uh, is there somewhere where they can go for that?
1: Absolutely. Call our office at 696-6100. Or you can also, if you'd like to, uh, send me an email at executive at bvso.org. We're always looking for people that uh, are willing to help and uh, would like to help. And there's uh, many, many, many things to be done.
0: Right. Yeah, you need a lot of help in there. A lot of <laughs> yes. help. Uh, well, I encourage everyone that's listening to go and check out uh, their website and make that phone call if you are looking to get involved. Um, thank you so much, Dr. Mary Kinniger. I am so uh, honored to be in your presence. <laughs> thank you for stopping by. Thank you, Hector. And I'm honored to be in yours. <laughs> thank you. Hello, good evening, everyone, and welcome back to the studio. Uh, My name is Hector Nino, host of The Heart of Art. And today in the studio, we have a very interesting guest with us today. His name is Caleb Gandy. He is a local tattoo artist. If you want to check out his work, you can go to his Instagram at Caleb Gandy Tattooer. That's Gandy like candy, but with a G. Uh, All together, Caleb Gandy Tattooer. And he is currently working at uh, Legacy Tattoo if you want to go see his work. Uh, Hi, Caleb. How are you today?
2: I'm good. I'm good.
0: Awesome. Uh, let's jump right into it. So, how long have you been tattooing for now?
2: Uh, professionally or like just all together?
0: Mm, professionally first. Let's go there.
2: Uh, since two thousand nine.
0: Okay. Awesome. And when when did you start tattooing unprofessionally?
2: Like two thousand three. I was like thirteen ish.
0: All right. Awesome. Yeah. And where was that?
2: Just around the house, like on me, friends.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, is tattooing your only medium, or do you do other forms as no, well? No,
2: I, uh, I do, like, watercolor, like, uh, but not, like, like splashy almost. Just That's just what I like to paint with.
0: Mm-hmm. Awesome, awesome. And for tattooing, did you have anybody that was kind of, like, a mentor or a teacher for you?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike Cruz, he, uh, he showed me how to, like, I was already tattooing, but they weren't good. And then he just, like, uh, showed me what it was.
0: Okay, yeah. awesome, awesome. And how how would that person like teach you? Was there a way that like on an orange, or how do you practice even tattooing?
2: Um, on people, there's there's no uh, what do you call um, substitute for the real thing. Mm-hmm. So like on people, so people are gonna walk around with bad tattoos for a while until you can fix them.
0: All right, so you started off right on skin. There's no.
2: <laughs> I did like I did like an orange before, and then I was like, oh, I got this.
0: Okay, yeah. awesome. I like the confidence. I like. <laughs> so there was no intimidation, you would say, when you were going into the skin?
2: On the orange no on the skin. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's a little bit different when like the medium's like breathing, you know? I bet. And they're yeah. going to look down and be like, "Oh, man, that looks like that's bad."
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, um when you do start tattooing, are there any type of styles that you gravitate towards?
2: Um like me personally or just people in general?
0: Well, uh, I would say you personally, but I know there's a difference between, you know, what people want and what yeah. you want to do and can do. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I guess having in mind what that you're going to have to appeal to what people want, what would you say is like something that you like doing the most?
2: Um, that, that Again, that's hard to say because I like, I like any tattoo that's going to like be good, like 20 years down the road, you know, like mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff that's done that's like, it's got like a five-year shelf life before it's like, well, this doesn't look good anymore. And it sucks because that's like what's all over the internet now because tattooing wasn't super popular until like 10 years ago, and that's like when Instagram came on the scene. So bad ideas on Instagram kind of go hand in hand.
0: Interesting. So you think Instagram kind of gave tattooing like a propel forward in a way?
2: It definitely helped, in, like social media. and I just say Instagram because that's what I use a lot. Right. So I definitely say social media definitely like,
0: that's awesome. Shout yeah. it forward, yeah. I mean, yeah, through your feed on um, on your Instagram, I see there's a lot of, like, a Japanese style. Yeah, love a it. A lot of traditional, mm-hmm. um, even, like, the mix of the two. So th- that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and I, I'm thinking about, like the intimacy that there is between you and the person that you are tattooing, you know, being so close to that person physically and then maybe even tattooing something that means a lot to them. Are there at times that you have to act as a therapist even?
2: Yeah. I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hate it. Like, yeah. um, I, I, it's like, I got my own problems. Like, so it's, it's really hard to like listen to other people's problems. Cause it's like, man, now I got to carry that weight too. So, right. right. Um, but I will say, the, like, the as far as, like, memorials and stuff like that, there's, like, extra pressure without you telling me about it already. Like, just like, yeah, it's a memorial for, you know, so-and-so. And it's like, okay, well, now it's already heavy. And then it's like, you know, while I'm tattooing you, you're telling me, like, how great this dude was and how he died and all this shit. And it's like, well, now I can't enjoy my lunch. Like, so, <laughs> I, that sounds selfish, but, I mean, it, it, that's what it is. Now I got to live with that information if I run into you at the grocery store like that's how you're burning in my mind <laughs> right, you know? right
0: yeah does that happen often do you run into people mm-hmm. oh really yeah. and and how are those interactions like
2: I mean it's cool like but you know sometimes like I, I don't want to talk about work you know it's like I just got to grab these like you know pieces of candy or whatever and it's like I run in it's like oh man I run into like Johnny questions or whatever and he's got a million questions I was like I left the car running, man. Like, (laughs) come on. I don't know. Yeah, (laughs) but it's cool. Like, it's cool. Like, Mm -hmm. I get it. Like, there's no off button for it, even for me, like, because I'm always drawing and stuff. So,
0: Mm -hmm. right. I was going to ask about that. Like, the balance between your work and your art. Do you find that difficult at times or too overbearing, maybe?
2: (laughs) Um, no. It's just like work before play. Mm -hmm. So, it's like I got to do what I have to do before I can just draw. But it sucks because, you know, you work and work and work and now it's like oh man i'm i'm kind of tired so right but. yeah
0: so that yeah that's something difficult to work through the fact that like your work is also your art <laughs> so you kind of have to find time for yourself as well yeah right um do you currently have like any tattoo like goals or any specific like artistic project that you'd say you would want to do but you haven't really gotten the opportunity to
2: um just travel, and that's not, that's more, like, the pandemic than anything, like, that really Mm. squat, like, I just got my passport, and then the pandemic hit, so I couldn't do anything with it, so it sucked,
0: right, I noticed on your Facebook, I think it was, that you were in Hawaii, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. that was was before the, the pandemic, oh, that's awesome, and what,
0: what places would you like to visit, uh,
2: I mean, any, anywhere, like, Japan, for sure, because the the tattooing is great, China, because there's, like, a cool scene there, like, just anywhere there's cool tattooing going on, really, like, uh, I want to go to like Macau and gamble cause it's like the gambling capital of the world. So that's pretty tight. Like wow. casinos are crazy over there. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. And, um, at these places that you do visit, do you ever have any like jobs there? Do you get any appointments from people in, from that area?
2: Oh yeah. No, I didn't go to any of those places. I was just saying like, I'd like to go there, but no, when I go to Hawaii, like uh, my friend has a shop there and like he has a shop in Kaline too, Kingpin. And uh, I'll go up there and I'll hang out with them and tattoo and, he also has a shop in Hawaii, so we'll shoot over to Hawaii sometimes. Like I don't go there super often, I don't want to sound like, oh, I'm Hawaii. No, it's just like we'll go over there and like tattoo like once every year or two years and just hang out at his shop there. Wow, that's super awesome.
0: Cool. That sounds really fun. Yeah. Um, all right. Do you still uh paint? Yeah, yeah. When paint. I can, yeah. All right. And what type of styles do you do when you're painting? Or is there a difference between the styles that you do between when you're tattooing and when you're painting?
2: Um, it's hard. I'm trying to get away from like tattooing and painting the same style just because like you don't you don't learn doing the same thing over and over and over you just learn how to do the same thing better so right. I'm trying to get away from like harder lines and painting because that's you know tattoos without lines aren't that good so just like getting thinner lines and stuff um, but that that's pretty much it alright yeah.
0: well I think that's all the questions I had um, yeah if you are interested in, in Caleb's work make sure to check out his Instagram at Caleb Gandhi Tattooer and you can visit him at Legacy Tattoo. Are there any other places that they can visit you at, or is it just Legacy? Yeah, I'm, all,
2: I'm at the North Shop at Legacy. Okay, awesome. And then Kingpin sometimes.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. Well, make sure to get in contact with him. And thank you so much, Caleb, for stopping by. I really appreciate yeah. it.
2: It was fun, man. Awesome.
0: All right, you guys. That is the end of our show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, I love doing this every week for you guys, so I appreciate everyone who is listening right now, uh, and make sure to tune in next week for the next part of The Heart of Art. Thank you so much.